0: Welcome to the New Books Network.
1: Memory plays a central role in the book of Deuteronomy, meant to shape Israel's life as a nation in the land. In the book Memoir of Moses The Literary Creation of Covenantal Memory in Deuteronomy, A.J. Culp explores the role of Deuteronomy as the chief memory producer of Israel's covenant with the Lord God, instead of a product of memory from ancient Israel. AJ Kolp is Lecturer in Old Testament and Biblical Languages at Malion Theological College and Honorary Research Fellow at the University of Queensland. You're listening to New Books and Biblical Studies, a channel of the New Books Network, and I'm Michael Morales, your host. AJ, welcome to New Books and Biblical Studies.
0: Thanks so much, Michael. It's great to be here.
1: AJ and I were both doctoral students under Gordon Wenham at Trinity College, University of Bristol, so we go back a bit. AJ, tell our listeners something about yourself and your family and where you're currently teaching.
0: Yeah, so I am the husband of of one wife, and I have three children, a, a nine-year-old boy, a five-year-old girl, and a nine-month-old uh, little baby boy. And I, I, I am an Old Testament lecturer in biblical languages as well at uh, Malian Theological College here in Brisbane, Australia. have been here seven years, uh, hard to believe, but uh, yeah, so we are in the land down under. Have been actually just became dual citizens. Uh, so uh, so yeah, so we're uh, yeah. So it's been uh, it's been a really good experience.
1: So what first drew you to the Book of Deuteronomy?
0: Yeah, well, it's a good question. So I should confess originally in my seminary studies, I was not terribly interested in Deuteronomy. Um, I think because the way it's often introduced, um, you know, you're introduced to a lot of these critical questions first and foremost, and some of these, especially the the Pentateuch books, right, and so. Um, Yeah, I maybe didn't have the greatest desire to go on and study it further, um, but toward the end of my seminary studies, I'd actually already been accepted to study under Gordon Wenham in England to do a PhD um, in the area of of basically narrative and literary ethics um, of difficult passages, so I was going to look at the book of Judges again, and um, so I was finishing up my studies, writing writing my my research up uh, at the seminary, and I was just reading some literature in the evenings, as I would always do. And uh, I came again to um, some of the, the old, my old favorites, and that is the you know the the Chronicles of Narnia from C.S. Lewis. Um, and one of those books is called the Silver Chair. And at the beginning of that, there is this scene where basically uh, two of the characters you have Eustace and you have Jill, and basically Jill is being um, charged by Aslan, the lion, you know, the the god figure, to uh, to go and rescue her, you know, her friend who has been you know like lost, and also uh, one of the other characters Prince Rilian, and so and suddenly though there's a scene and, and his instruction is talking about how, you know, once she goes into the land, um, she's gonna forget things, so she needs to remember, 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 and it just immediately struck me uh, that this came from scripture. I had to admit that I don't know, I didn't know where at the time, but I just remember I, I thought, oh, I'm sure, I'm sure this is from scripture. So I went back and and you know poked around a bit and figured out it's Deuteronomy because um, it's it's a very close parallel to some of the language in Deuteronomy. And so then I got a little interested. And so just in my free time, I began to look around the library and look for some books and, you know, do some stuff on the Internet and uh, just to see what scholars thought. Because I always found C.S. Lewis to be a really uh, just a really sharp interpreter of Scripture and just a really, um, yeah, really interesting guy in that regard. And so I I went to look it up. And what I found was that memory studies in in the past, you know, two or three decades have really blown up. But there's only one way in which most of these um, most of these scholars were approaching. It. and they weren't looking at it like c s. Lewis looked at it, or even frankly, I think like Deuteronomy portrays it. And that is um, as as something that's vital to the community of faith and their uh, preservation of this these core events from the Exodus generation as the people move into the land um instead they were looking at things at the time that were were probably quite you know quite common in biblical scholarship that is the, the questions of well how did these texts come to be as they are and this and that and so they were linking memory theory to those those classic critical questions and so um i you know it was my my interest in deuteronomy actually it was it was quite a i guess a benevolent accident i guess you would say and uh yeah, so it's just, it just—it all started from a really innocent observation, and, and just uh, the reality that I, I couldn't find the answers to the questions I, I was looking for. And that, so when I showed up in uh, in England, uh, you know, I I asked Gordon. I said, uh, well, hey, listen, I have a new idea, um, you know, and uh, and luckily Gordon, you know, being the gracious human that he is, I thought about it and was quite excited about it. And so uh, yeah, that's that's how it all happened.
1: Your book is specifically about the role of memory in Deuteronomy. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah, good. So um, so various books in the Old Testament emphasize memory or have uh, quite a bit of you know, uh, discussion about memory or uses of the term memory, um, such as Isaiah or the Psalms. Uh, but what makes Deuteronomy radically distinct and unique is that it commands memory. Uh, it puts memory right at the center of the covenantal life of Israel going forward. And that's pretty unique. Uh, that's pretty unique. Um, Jan Osman and in, in various places will say things like, you know, in all the ancient literature, all the ancient literature, we have nothing like this book of memory. Um, And and that's and that's saying something because he's, uh, you know, he's an ancient Erie specialist, specifically Egyptologist. And so uh, so he knows uh, he has a very good grasp of all the the things in the ancient world. So so what I did is I came to and tried to ask basic questions about how it operated as a memory text or a collective memory text, as scholars call it. Um, which is simply to ask, well, how does this book actually form or seek to form memory in the people? And why does it do that? Why is it so important um, for, for Deuteronomy to do that? And how does it set out to do that?
1: You have a chapter called Story as Memory Vector. Could you explain this idea for us?
0: Yeah, Good. Good. So I should probably just back up uh, a one step before we talk about the vectors and say this. One of the unique features uh, that that everybody has noticed and that has generated some debate over the years is so everyone agrees. Uh, De- Deuteronomy is a book of memory par excellence and, you know, all this stuff. And, and yet people haven't really linked it to another thing that everyone agrees about. And that's what they call the so-called problems of the generations. And this is a, a Gerhard von Rod term, but the problems of the generation. And... What, what people notice is that, so early in the book of Deuteronomy, you, you have these, um, these, these passages that say, oh, well, okay, so every one of you is, you know, or every one of you from the past generation is, you know, is going to die before you reach the land because you've been naughty, you know, if you haven't done what you're supposed to do. So you have that, so blah, 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 you're all going to die. And so at the beginning of Deuteronomy, it says, yes, okay, so you're all dead and gone. Those, those people are dead and gone. They're dead and gone. Um, and so you are a new generation with new opportunities. But then it goes on for the rest of the book to speak to those people who it's just said are not the generation, to speak to them as if precisely they were the generation that, that walked out of Egypt. And, and even further than that, it actually goes on to say, just as you with your own eyes saw, over and over and over, it says that. And so therefore, you need to remember what you saw, even though it just told us it wasn't you who saw it. So the question is well, what's going on there? And, and scholars for a long time have debated what this means. And critical scholars have said, well, it's, it's different sources. That's why, you know, people, they have different perspectives, different people here. Um, and, and other scholars have said things along the lines, well, maybe it's more like the sermonic language. Actually, it's just trying to bring in each new generation into this kind of fold of the faithful people, uh, make them feel in some sense, like a good sermon would, uh, that they were, you know, part of the original people that came out of the Exodus. And I think that's true. But again, my, my question was, well, okay, so if we have all this memory theory to help explore those very things, and we have this thing that we think is doing that, why don't we put those two together and see exactly that, how exactly um, Deuteronomy seeks to essentially bring each new audience back into the original experience. And so that's where memory vectors come from, is that there are ways that I identified in the text uh, that Deuteronomy seeks to accomplish that.
1: Your last chapter is on song as memory vector, related to the song in Deuteronomy 32. Give us some of your insight about the function of this song.
0: Yeah, good. So, as you say, the three main vectors that I identify are story, ritual, or liturgy, and, and um, song. And each one of those, I think, accomplishes uh, the question that we just talked about, the, the question of how Deuteronomy seeks to bridge each new generation with the original experience of the Exodus in a unique way. Story seeks to what I call implot, that is, embed each new generation in this um, in this story, this defining story of God's people. Uh, ritual seeks to do the same thing, except it does it through what I, I quote another scholar saying, that it sediments memory into people, that is, in their very physical beings, by walking through this this annual um, pilgrimage, essentially, that, that rehearses the Exodus. And then then song seeks to do that mostly through what I call emoting. <laughs> and that is the idea that, you know, songs are often known as things that are transportive. That is, they carry us up in a way into a world um, that is not our own. And they do this through emotion, especially. And so, yeah, so Deuteronomy 32, I think, especially does that through offering a kind of a solemn warning. Uh, it looks back at Israel's life with, with Yahweh, you know, her God. And it, it, it's, not a good, it's not a good history in the sense that uh, Yahweh characterizes him as being benevolent and faithful Israel is is unfaithful and and very much a fickle partner. And so what it does is it it tries to, through song, help people to constantly remember uh, the warning that, you know, the consequences of what happens if Israel continues to live unfaithfully before God.
1: So what's next on the horizon in terms of your scholarship? I know you have another book that recently came out.
0: Oh, yeah. um, Well... Yeah, so I have a smaller book on Deuteronomy that came out. It's more for uh, popular audiences, and it's called Invited to Know God, the Book of Deuteronomy. Um, and yeah, and so that one's just out. And as well, I'm working on one with Craig Bartholomew, an introduction um, to the Pentateuch as basically a, a theological introduction, I should say. Um, yeah, and then, I mean, generally, I think my the things that interest me are, really are along the lines of this stuff with uh, memory, but more generally, is the question of how how Scripture intends to, to work as this, this, this kind of place of encounter uh, between God and the faithful throughout the generations. And so, so those are the things that keep me occupied in my, uh, in my free time and the things I, I like to think about and read about and write about.
1: AJ, it's been great talking about the role of memory in Deuteronomy. Thank you
0: for being with us. Thanks so much, Michael. Really appreciate it.
1: Friends, you've been listening to New Books in Biblical Studies, a channel of the New Books Network. Until next time,
0: goodbye.